And we are pleased to welcome in Leafs President Brendan Shanahan, a busy 24 hours for Brendan. Thanks for making yourself available, Brendan. And I, I know you've been a busy, uh, much-wanted guy. Um, congratulations on the hire, for starters. And Thanks, I, guys. Yeah, I guess the first question is, what advice? We saw this massive news conference welcome in Mike Babcock. If you didn't know he was under the, the spotlight, he certainly knows now. What advice can you offer him taking on the head coaching job uh, in a in a city with you know some of the greatest scrutiny you're going to find in the NHL. Well, I, I think that Mike obviously is an experienced guy. He's been in the Stanley Cup Finals and and uh, you know a few times and and so he's seen it. He's seen uh, this type of uh, scrutiny, this type of pressure, this type of crowd. He's been to the Olympics, so he understands when an entire country like like this, the way the city of Toronto. Uh, loves and pulls for the Leafs and and goes through our highs and lows uh, with the team. Um, he's he's felt the whole country uh, uh, do that and uh, push back and and accept. And so I I don't know that there's a whole lot of advice that you have to give a guy with his experience and the places that he's been uh, and the and the things that he's seen. Shani, give us an idea of what that was like uh, and and how it transpired or how it happened. Uh, thinking maybe one day you, you weren't getting Mike and then you get a phone call and, and there, there's Babs on the other line. What, 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 uh, what it was like for you and the entire organization? Well, we, we went at him early and we, we got to him uh, after uh, Kenny Holland had given us permission and we spoke to him and we flew him in. Um, for Mike, I think it was really a lot of the decision-making process. And he told me that he was going to visit a lot of teams um, and but early on, he wanted to get to know what Toronto was about and, and the people here that he would be working with. So I think the first day was about just him getting to know us and trying to understand whether, whether we shared the same vision that he thought would make Toronto. He's a very prepared guy. Mm-hmm. So when he came here, he knew in his mind what Toronto would have to do to ultimately compete for a cup. So... I'm sure he did that for every city he went to. He knew every prospect, and I'm sure he did that for every city. He's a very prepared guy. But he wanted to meet the people. The next day, uh, we didn't talk money that day. The next day, we made an offer to him. Uh, and then a couple of days, but we knew he was visiting other teams, and a couple of days later, he went to Prague. Um, from that point on, it was really, there was nothing new. There was no, no twist, no turn, no last-minute you know, snatching something back, it was, it was just whenever I had an opportunity to speak to him, it was just about being consistent with what I had told him from day one, uh, being honest with him, telling the truth about who we are and, and where we intend to be. Um, so in spite of the fact that everyone somehow, um, and I can't tell you what was going on in Mike's head, but everyone sort of claimed we were out of it, and uh, we never felt out of it, but we liked that everyone thought we were. And um, that's, I think, why some people were surprised that it seemed like we suddenly came on at the end. And I can tell you that, that there was really no deviation from us. I think people just, uh, we were under the radar. That doesn't happen very often in Toronto, but we were able to be there, and, and I thought it was a good place to be. So when he called uh, me up and said, you know, uh, I liked everything we've talked about for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm in. Um, it was, it was, you know, a, a nice shock. We had some other details to work out, but, um, you know, we, we didn't know that was going to happen, but we were, we, we were hopeful that it would. You mentioned Brendan that 
Mike was aware of what the process is, is going to be or what you intend it to be. Did it surprise you that the interest was there, given that he's often said that he's an instant gratification guy, and those are his words, that he likes to win and he likes to win right away? How did you get him to buy in on that level? And does, the second part, does getting a coach of that caliber change your plan at all or accelerate the process? Well, I'll answer the second question first. It doesn't change the plan. Um, it, it, it really, um, like I said, Mike does his homework. Um, as we were outlining the plan, he was outlining the same plan. I'm sure in other cities, when he went to Detroit, it wasn't about building. It was about instant gratification. It, he came to Detroit, and it was about winning a cup that year. He had that group ready to do it. Um, he knew when he first came here the very first time that he spoke about the same process that we've been speaking about for the last several months. So, so does it change the plan hiring him? No, it was part of the condition of, of him coming here uh, from his point to us was that we would stick with the plan. And I said, that's, we're on the same page there. What was your first question again, Scotty? Well, I just, <laughs> just saying, you know, because he's a guy that's always won and he talked about the instant gratification of how much of a buy-in was it from his perspective, but it was clear that he knew what you were going down the road to and wanted to be a part of it. Well, so I read that stuff too. I've, I've, I've seen, uh, I've seen that from him. I've, I've played for him. Um, I've, I was a member of, of his team one year. Uh, I understand that, but, as I mentioned in the press conference, our first phone call was a very difficult one because I, I had to tell some very hard truths. And, and I know that wasn't necessarily consistent with the Mike Babcock instant gratification, and I wasn't sure how he was going to feel about it. But when I sensed that he was um, interested in, in being and building something, um, then I thought we had a chance. From what I know of the man... I I heard all the commentary. I heard people take swipes at us and say he's going to laugh us. He's going to laugh us right out the door. Um, people understood that he had other opportunities with teams that have maybe started their build earlier or further down the road or winning might come quicker. I, I didn't hide from that. I actually embraced it. I I actually thought to myself that our only chance of attracting him is. I always felt that for the same reasons people thought he wouldn't be interested, that might be the biggest hook to a challenge-seeking guy like Mike, was that we really, we really did need his help and that we really were just uh, starting down this journey. Shani, when you were playing for Mike, what, uh, it, was, it was a tough transition, I'm sure. You and, uh, you and Steve, veteran guys, um, he was hard on veteran guys, guys that are going to the Hall of Fame. Is it that ability that he has to make hard decisions? Is, is that something as you look ahead at the development of these players? We were talking about guys that have kind of played their way, but is that something that you look at and when you watch that bench, you know that it's in, in pretty good hands to make those hard decisions? One thing I, I admire about Mike is his ability to coach an entire roster, whether you're, you know, um, on a fourth line or whether you're a, a guy like Steve Eisenman, who's a first liner destined for the hall of fame, I believe a coach has to coach everybody. And I, and I really like coaches that can get the most out of your first line guys, your second, your third, and your fourths. Um, and it's constantly fluid, I think. Um, but 
to, to me, it can't be understated also. Some of the players that, that Mike has coached, I think he's a teacher. Um, there are players that Mike has coached that were not, did not come up traditionally uh, through you know, high-level rankings, guys who played in the East Coast Hockey League that Mike was able to teach and get the most out of. So he can coach the, uh, the star players. He can also coach the role players. When you play for Mike, you know what your role is. And, and, and if you don't want to or, or can't uh, keep up with the role that he has for you, then, then he really doesn't have a lot of time for you. But he, you know, for somebody that's giving the effort and that's trying to give uh, Mike uh, what, what he wants from that role, he's going to work with you. We're on the line with uh, Leafs president Brendan Shanahan. Brendan, one interesting aspect of the news conference was you stated your desire to get a GM in place uh, without a specific timeline, but when it seems like the best fit. How much say is Mike Babcock going to have on player personnel decisions, knowing you have a lot of decisions to make this summer? Regardless of who my coach was, uh, you know, I, I felt that the, you know, I, I just, I just tried as best as I could to use common sense and the coaches were going, they were getting hired and, and there was a little bit more time I felt um, with, with some of the GMs that I was talking to, there were less open GM positions. So there was less competition for us in the coaching department. There was immediate competition. So I've talked to some general managers who are friends of mine Uh, in a perfect world. Do you hire the GM and then the coach? Sure. But, but, at the expense of waiting uh, to get the right guy. And then, so now you hire a general manager and you say, let's go find a coach and, and all the guys you wanted have now taken jobs. That didn't, that didn't provide me with much common sense. So um, I have been talking to some people. Um, I have some meetings planned. Um, I think that having a head coach in place uh, paints a more clear picture for some of the potential people. Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, where are you in the GM search, and do you, you feel like you need to have somebody in place by the draft? I, I don't know if we need to have somebody in place. Ideally, right, you'd like to have your team in place at, at, you know, immediately, but you know, there's 29 other teams competing with us. They're, they're, this is a very competitive league. There are other people that, that are doing their best to make their team better and at the expense of you know, your team. So uh, I, I can't give you a timeline. I didn't give you a timeline on the coach. Um, I like that we worked quietly under the radar. People thought we weren't working. We were working. So um, I'll, I'll go back to work and we'll see what we have.